Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. Neighbors, this week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring columnist Rob Pecorero, who writes for USA Today and other places, and Joe Kissel, who's managing editor over at Beta News. Lots of fascinating discussions. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. We have Rob Pecorero. He's a tech columnist who writes for USA Today and a number of other publications. And we've got a variety of stuff to talk about. A little bit later, we'll be talking about the iPad Mini, the iPad Air, the iPad Nano, or whatever Apple's going to call it. But right now, I want to bring up, for a number of reasons, as you'll see in a moment, Rob, a piece that you did a couple of weeks back about satellite broadband. Now, there are people yes. out, yeah, people out there live in the country or something. They don't have hardwired broadband from their local phone company, assuming they even have a local phone company. Certainly, cellular broadband. If you want to do anything with basic amounts of bandwidth, you can go broke paying AT&T or Sprint or, well, Sprint's unlimited, or Verizon Wireless. So you have satellite where you literally put up a special kind of dish that receives a signal from the satellite. Is that both ways, by the way? It is, yeah. That's the tricky part. It's not that hard for a satellite to aim a signal at the Earth and, you know, hit the target. Satellite is a little bit smaller, so, you know, it's not quite a do-it-yourself install. It's been around for a while. It has gotten better in terms of bandwidth, but I've yet to hear from too many people who really love satellite Internet access, and you still do have issues with the uh, data caps that come with these, these kind of services. You mean they're just like cellular broadband There's a data cap? It's trickier because with most 3G, 4G mobile broadband, if there is a quota, it's pretty straightforward. You have 2 gigs a month or 5 gigs, and then you know you pay some set amount over it. With uh, the service I looked at, it's a new service from Dish Network called DishNet, logically enough, and they advertise it as having a 10-gig quota, except in the fine print they say 5 gigs of that is reserved. You can only use between, I think, 2 and 8 a.m. local time. Ooh. So Can I say that yeah, again? So Ooh, really, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, given that this is the Tech Night Owl, maybe those aren't that kind of a strange hour. Those hours aren't that strange for some people out there, but other folks are just going to be asleep during those times. You get most of your bandwidth when you're not awake to use it. Well, not most, but half of that cap, yeah, is reserved for those wee-wee hours. Okay, so that really is bad. Okay, if you're willing to live within that limit... And that means you're not going to be downloading movies from iTunes or from Amazon. I would not recommend you do that, no. Now, what happens if you do exceed that limit? Do they stop you from using the service? Do they add some kind of overage fee? What? The two ways to do it. With, with some past services, the one that really annoyed a lot of readers in my experience was Hughes Network Systems. HughesNet, their originally direct PC service, where they, would, they had this fair access policy where they would just whack your bandwidth Pretty much without warning and under fairly strict conditions. You could simply use too much bandwidth during like one day instead of counting your use over the entire month. With the, this DishNet service, it's a little more lean. I think your choice is either they reduce your, your connection, although they won't say by how much, but presumably it will not be a speed that you're going to enjoy downloading any large files on. Or you can pay for the average. I think it's $15 for an extra gig, which is about 5 bucks more than the, the average fees on a lot of uh, current 4G mobile broadband services. So is this even any better? Well, the advantage is 
you know, if you are in a market where satellite is the only option, you may not have viable 3G or 4G service. This started when I got a re- an email from a reader who was saying that he has this really kind of thready, weak Verizon 3G connection where his connection speeds aren't that great. And 4G, forget it. That's nowhere near. So in that case, going to satellite could be an upgrade. You do have to sort of factor in the monthly costs and what it costs to either buy or rent the equipment. Okay, what kind of performance do you get from satellite broadband, at least DishNet? Yes, so for that, they're talking... um, Let me take a sec to actually look up the... Bring up the damn story here. Okay, folks, this is going to show you how spontaneous radio works. Obviously, I don't tell Rob what kind of questions I'm going to ask. He suggests a few topics. But unlike some shows, we don't sit here and go over everything, and I will ask questions based on the answers. It's not a situation where... On some interview shows, you would get, and this is an exaggeration, of course, where someone says, what do you do for a living? And the guy says, my name is Dexter Morgan, and I'm a serial killer. And then the guy says, well, do you have any hobbies? <laughs> okay, so here we are. Yes, so the, the, the baseline speed they advertise in DishNet is 5 million bits per second, which is faster than a lot of DSL services out there. They say in some areas they can do 10 uh, by virtue of what's called spot beam, where they sort of focus the signal on a particular area of the country. So you get between 5 and 10 megabits down. How much yep. upload? And one megabit up. That's the advertised rate is thirty nine ninety nine a month, but that assumes you're, you're also signed up for one of Dish's, I guess, not entry-level TV plan, but one of their, you don't need to buy the most expensive plan they offer either. If you don't do that, it's 10 bucks more if you just buy the Internet-only service on a standalone basis. Okay, so it's a bundling deal. It doesn't yeah. sound bad when you're in a situation where you have no other broadband. Now, right. the real question is, and this is why I'm raising it, do you get, when you try this service, the speeds they advertise? We understand the complications about bandwidth, and maybe it's because the satellite has so much capacity, but I don't know. That, I don't know. I have not heard from too many people who have used the service since then. I'm actually going to check to see the, uh, any people have left any notes to that effect in the comments Okay, so maybe they have three customers. It is new, so let's see here. Nope. Okay, well, there you go. We'll have to see. I I trust that if anyone's listening to this and has been having some spotty satellite internet reception, please email me, email Gene. We'd like to know. That's right. You can contact us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl, or write us news at technightowl.com. Yeah, we'll have some fun with this. Okay, so we understand this is what we call last resort broadband. You have no other way to get broadband. You have a clear shot to the portion in the sky where the satellite is, which also means you can't, of course, knock down your forest. So we understand it's last ditch. Now, let me tell you something here, and this is something maybe you can answer a question as I tell you. When you look at different broadband services, how close to advertised speeds do these people get? I mean, traditional cable or DSL broadband. They advertise, say, 40 megabits down, 20 megabits up. The Federal Communications Commission actually has uh, done a couple of surveys on it. They they hired this UK-based firm called Samnose, which basically they sign up people who put some automated testing utility on their computers. So they're not counting on people to remember to run a test or to you know, write down their impressions. This thing actually checks the connection speed. Last year's survey, they found some pretty spiked performance. A lot of people were delivering less than advertised speeds, especially in DSL and cable. This year, for whatever reason, the FCC found a much much better accuracy, I guess you could say, that providers, many more of them were actually delivering the service they advertise and the service they charge you for. Okay, now what's the disparity? 
Is it what, 10%, 20%? They were asking what, what causes it. And that, who knows? One reason for every internet provider and day of the week. Let me bring up their most recent study here. It'd be interesting to see how close they come. Because, you know, if I get 40 advertised and I get 37, 38 in the real world with a benchmark test, I'll say, you know, that's pretty yeah. good. And I'll tell you what I get in a moment and we'll discuss it. But where are we going here? Do we see people who order 20 and they get 10? So this year's stats, um, DSL, they found that downloads were 84% of the advertised speeds during peak times. Cable was 99%, which that's pretty good. And fiber optic, which of course is a very small segment of the market, was 100, 117% of advertised speeds. So Verizon, kind of Fios. These are download speeds. Sure. For uploads, the study found that uh, all three technologies slightly exceeded what was advertised. Okay. What kind of broadband do you have? I'm speaking to you over a uh, the entry-level Fios fiber optic connection, Verizon cells, which is 15 down and 5 up. And I have, when I checked on speedtest.net, that's the connection speeds I've been getting. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. I have tried both Cox and CenturyLink in my area in the Phoenix area yep. with unusual results. And I'll tell you about those in a moment, but I want to tell our listeners, we have Rob Pecorero. He's a tech columnist who writes for USA Today and other places. We're talking about broadband speeds. We'll get to the iPad mini and more coming up on the Tech Night Owl Live. Neighbors, here's what I believe. I believe to be successful in business, you need to be able to meet with your team on a regular basis, wherever you are. So discuss plans, for example, share ideas and bring them to life. But with clients and colleagues working from different offices or on the go, meeting face-to-face is not often possible. That is, unless you use GoToMeeting with HD Faces, the powerfully simple way to meet and collaborate with your team online. You know, GoToMeeting with HD Faces gives your team the ability to share the same screen, making it easier to be on the same page. I want you neighbors to try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait. Check this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Be sure to use the promo code PODCAST. Go to meeting. Meeting is believing, neighbors. Go to meeting.com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic any time. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. 
big business has discovered the preparedness market, and that makes it difficult to know where to go and who to trust. MyPatriotSupply.com is owned and operated by patriots just like you, has the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more. MyPatriotSupply.com has old-fashioned values and the absolute best customer service in the industry. Look for the deal of the day. Unique, affordable survival supplies that fit anyone's budget. Get same-day shipping on all orders and free shipping on orders over $49. Call 866-229-0927. 866-229-0927. Or visit MyPatriotSupply.com for emergency preparedness, self-reliance, and food independence. Shop with a name you know and a name you can trust. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com George Washington said, Government is not reason, it is not eloquence, it is force, like fire. It is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. America's government is no longer the servant of the people and the protector of our liberty, but has become that fearful master. We the people must understand the nature of this government gone awry if we are to be successful in saving our country. America is being deliberately destroyed by a cabal of international gangsters so that she can be forced into subjugation to a one-world government. The God-given, unalienable rights of the Declaration of Independence are in jeopardy. We must not let them be stolen by ambitious and evil men. Utopia Silver Supplements believes it is our God-given right to make our own health care decisions however we deem best. If we can help you with your supplement needs and better health, then help us win this health freedom battle. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A silver.com. Or call 888-213-4338. Again, 888-213-4338. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Rob Pegarero. He's a columnist who writes for USA Today and other publications. We're talking about broadband. You know, you order broadband from your cable or satellite or phone company. You want to know that you're getting pretty much what you advertise. So, okay, so I move into a new location, and I was using what they call Ultimate from Cox, 55 megabits down, 5 megabits up. But a strange disparity in measuring performance. So if you go to speed test, for example, it would never show more than 30 or 35 megabits mm-hmm. download, and about five or a little bit more upload. In other words, upload was good, download was not. This is in two different locations. If you use Cox's own home-built benchmark test, it always gives you the full speed. Speed test basically will ping a server, and it has many different servers around the country, and you pick the ones that are closest to you, and you see which ones get the best performance. So say, for example, in the Phoenix area, you try Los Angeles. And I was getting half or a little bit more than half of the download speed. Now, Cox's position is, okay, we don't support those tests. You try our test. And if our test shows you're getting full performance, as far as we're concerned, you are. It doesn't matter that if I then download files and the download speed is closer to what speed test showed than what Cox showed. I never got that kind of download speed. And I lived in two different places trying them. Now, CenturyLink uses what's called a 
DSL, which is asymmetric DSL, which means the upload and download speeds are different. They have a service that advertises 40 megabits down, 20 megabits up, which is great for uploading files. Right. And the price for the first year is half what Cox chooses. After the first year, it's about three-quarters of what Cox charges. Okay, so a little bit less download, better upload. Now, I had tried CenturyLink, which, by the way, used to be known as Quest in the Phoenix area. CenturyLink's a company that bought Quest. Quest was one of the original baby bells. Okay? So I tried the service in one place I was living, and they couldn't get decent service at all. And they said, well, part of it is because we didn't do the wiring in your apartment complex, and there's no way we can turn it up. We can guarantee that speed to the junction box or the patch point where they connect the cables, but once it goes to your apartment, we can't control it. It's not our wiring. We have no control, no way of changing things. Now I live in a small private home, and now I have the ability to hook up anything they want. So I order the service, and if you look at their cable modem or ADSL modem, which is actually a regular router, regular router with four gigabit Ethernet ports, and their DSL modem. It reports 40 down, 20 up, just like it says. It gives a speed report. If you use an external benchmark test like speed test, I'm getting like 38 down, 18 up. So I'm within roughly 10% of the advertised speed. But there's a difference here. The difference is that with speed test, I'm getting close to that speed. I'm not getting half the speed. It's giving me a higher speed rating than I got with Cox. Upload speed is amazing. I uploaded files to my web server at 20 megabits and takes no time at all. <clears throat> takes no time at all. Suddenly I'm getting really amazing speeds. Download, I went to Apple's site and downloaded one of their combo system updates, which is what, like three quarters of a gigabyte? <laughs> that, and it downloaded twice as fast as with around. Cox. So in the real world, CenturyLink at a lower price, is giving me more real-world performance than Cox did at a higher price. Well, I think it sounds like you, you uh, chose wisely or lucked out, depending on how you want to look at it. I think I lucked out. I think I just had to live in an area where the signal strength is sufficient to give me a good performance. And they won't put anything else on their line. They said, I said, what if I try to use your phone service? They said, don't put anything on that line. Mm-hmm. That speed, just leave it alone. I mean, they're saying basically, if you want to order their phone service, which I don't, because I use an internet-based phone service called Phone Power, that I should get a separate phone line installed. This one is direct to the patch port. Yeah, DSL is very sensitive to your location. The the closer you are in wire feed to the central office, the better it's going to work. So uh, I guess look around your neighborhood. If there are any windowless structures with a phone company logo on the the outside, then hope that building doesn't burn down or whatever. Well, that's how this particular service works. They have, it's not just a central office, they have regional offices or little pedestals or patch panels throughout a city, and each one is getting, I guess, fiber to that patch point, and then from the patch point, it's copper cable. This is getting very geeky, folks. And I wouldn't say, (laughs) hey, there, go try CenturyLink, because you might live in an area where you have no choice. This is one of the unfortunate things, and I don't know why zoning people allow this, where A housing complex, for example, or an apartment complex will have one broadband provider wire their cables for phone and Internet. And if you do that, you can't get the other guy's cable. I've heard of that in some some buildings around D.C. as well. 
And that's very unfortunate because you look at it this way. Hey, why shouldn't I have a choice? They're barring me from having a choice. And I almost think there's an antitrust issue there. Wouldn't there be? Not really. You could say, you know, you, you could question the judgment of the landlords who, who think that there aren't people who care about this and actually want to have a choice of these things. Well, they're probably given subsidized pricing yeah. to do it. It's yeah, not I mean, like they're doing it free. They're being given an incentive by... I know that, yeah. you know, a landlord, this, this is actually an FCC ruling pursuant to uh, some law passed by Congress, you know, your landlord, your homeowners association can't prohibit you from putting up a satellite dish or a TV or radio antenna up to a certain size, uh, no matter what. The, the only exception is if you live in some historic district. But otherwise, you know, they can't say it's ugly or our, our bylaws prohibit it. And this has been the case for like 10 or 12 years. But actually, I wrote about this for USA Today.com not even like three or four months ago. There are still people talking that nonsense. Right. But that's with television. Yeah, well, and even then, they'll sort of- put all sorts of restrictions on how you put the dish up. Well, you put it on the patio, and you attach it to the railing, but if you attach it the wrong way, they don't allow it. They can have all sorts of restrictions, and maybe no, those restrictions are not enforceable. As long as it's uh, attached to or within your property or what you're paying to rent, there, there's not a heck, a, lot, a heck of a lot they can say. And it does include also if, if there's antennas for fixed wireless or uh, television or, you know, things besides TV re- over-the-air satellite TV reception. Now, in this yeah. particular case, one place I lived, I wanted to have satellite. They said that the dish can't come out from the patio very much yeah. more than a few inches or something. It goes out too far out from the patio, which you might have to do because you might have to orient it in a different <laughs> way to pick up the satellite signal. They can't do that. Now, of course, as you're saying, probably that's beyond what they're allowed to do. Yes, I think so. I'd have to look at the exact text, but the, basically 95% of the time when people have reported this kind of restriction, it was clearly against the law, and the HOA or the condo board or whatever did not have a leg to stand on. There you go. Okay, at least we know that. So, of course, you know, most people are not going to fight it. You know, they'll still insist, let me look at the installation, let's make sure it's being done right, and all this kind of stuff gets to be annoying. That's all we're going to talk about in terms of broadband today. So much more to speak with Robin Guerrero from usatoday.com and lots of other places because he's a busy bee. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. 
Earthquakes, hurricanes, floods, all sorts of natural disasters happen. Some of you are ready, some are not. MySurvivalGoods.com gets you ready. Think basics. Do you have a home first aid kit, a car emergency kit, a basic urban survival kit? MySurvivalGoods.com has kits. Then the big stuff, ready for system interruptions caused by natural or man-made disasters, terrorism, government collapse, social chaos. Are you ready to bug out? Could you survive off the grid for a minimum of three days like FEMA says? Don't count on FEMA. Count on high-quality kits from MySurvivalGoods.com. Check out our large selection of emergency kits for cars, homes, schools, and office, and bug-out bags, first aid and flu kits, emergency water and food. Even build your very own custom emergency kit. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Go to MySurvivalGoods.com now. That's MySurvivalGoods.com. Don't delay. Prepare today. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we started with broadband, and you understand in the kind of business I'm in, the kind of business a lot of you might be in, you need reliable broadband access. And that's never a given. But I would caution you before we get on with Rob Pegarero that when you get broadband set up in your home, go to Speedtest, okay? Speedtest.net. Speedtest.net. There you go. I have a bookmark. I never look. Speedtest.net. And check the speed in a few places. Don't let the broadband provider say, well, it's okay with our testing. Because in the real world, if you can't get the full speed or something close to it from a nearby city, the speed they're giving you is a fake. 
It's my opinion, not his, okay? Rob didn't mm-hmm. say that I said that, but that's my opinion. It's a fake if they're not giving the real speed. And I really feel that in this case, we have a situation where Cox is faking people out. They're not giving you the speed they advertise. Let's move on to other things here. All right. Microsoft has been running the most irritating ads on the planet. People <laughs> dancing and clicking and having a regular old time and maybe injuring their bodies doing it. It's saying to me that if you buy one of their Surface tablets, you have to learn how to dance to use it. Or is that a song and dance? <laughs> There's always a little song and dance in this business. Okay. So have you had a chance to look at one? The, the tablet, no. But I guess very few people have. They had this this whole hands-on press event in L.A. back in August or, or very early September, which was actually more hands-off. <laughs> no one really had to got any meaningful time with them. And yet, apparently, they've, they've sold a bunch on pre-order to people who are putting down money with not having any sort of look at it, and there's been no professional or even an amateur review of it done yet. It's gutsy marketing, and we can, we can say that at least. Okay, they're buying a pig and a poke. Who knows? But right. they're saying they sold out the basic version. There is an entry-level version. The 32-gig version that they... It's, Four ninety nine or five hundred, even right. And this one doesn't come with the touch cover. You see, you have a right. touch cover and a type cover. A touch cover is like a touch physical keyboard. The type cover is more like a traditional notebook keyboard. And right, but no matter keeps. what you do, if you don't buy the entry level model, all the others come with the touch keyboard. You can't swap them out. If you want the type keyboard, you have to pay one hundred twenty nine ninety nine extra. As I recall, the, the initial presentation Microsoft had was very heavily focused on the the appeal of the, this, this extra keyboard cover. I can tell you in D.C., Microsoft bought out pretty much every single ad space in the Gallery Place Metro Station, which is the subway stop underneath the arena where where the Capitals would be playing if the NHL were not busy committing suicide again by having another lockout. Not that people hear a bitter or anything. I think people just watch football and the heck with the hockey. That's what they're going to have to do for a while, I guess. Okay. So Microsoft says they sold out the basic version, but how many did they have on sale? 50,000? We don't know what numbers. You know, exactly. when you say Plus, we're sold out, they're not going to reveal numbers. And remember, the Surface, as I take it, will be available only online or at one of those dozen or two Microsoft stores. It's not going to be in general distribution. Yes, I am lucky. I am uh Close by, there's one Microsoft store in the mall in Tyson's Corner. There's another one in Pentagon City, which is closer to my house. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. There's a uh, tech analyst, Michael Gartenberg, who has a, f- a few different sayings about technology, and one of them is, you can sell 50000 of anything, and that doesn't mean it will be a success. Also, Microsoft has also said this is a design point. This is what Steve Ballmer said, and I assume he means by design point that this is something to show the PC OEMs how to build a tablet. Running That's the, the whole point of Microsoft stores, this sure. signature service they offer where every PC that's sold in the stores, they go through it and they get rid of the crapware, they clean off the desktop, and that's Microsoft very clearly saying, look, you all are doing it wrong. Stop trying to make an extra 50 cents or $2 in each computer by selling off a desktop link to Amazon or eBay. It doesn't work. Here's a better way. Please follow our example. Okay, that's perfectly understandable now what they're trying to do. This is the pure Windows experience. 
The Surface will be sold at the stores, the pure Windows tablet experience. This is the way they mean for tablets. Now, looking at the Surface, in every picture, it's horizontal with a kickstand. It's telling me that the Surface is really a thin netbook. We'll have to see. I mean, that's... You want to know, you know, how heavy is it to carry around? Is it is it comfortable or not? And really, you know, an iPad. I guess we're sort of might be jumping ahead. The ten inch iPad is, is not the greatest thing to carry around at length. A seven inch tablet like the Nexus Seven or the Kindle Fire HD is a little more, just that much lighter and that much sort of easier to carry around standing up for an extended period of time. So that to me, says this is why Apple wants to produce a smaller iPad. But, of course, Steve Jobs put his foot in it when he said, well, <laughs> those small tablets are no good. You need to sandpaper your fingers. But as I, I know, sandpaper it, comes in the box. <laughs> right. Let's put the sandpaper in the box. The 7-inch tablets, from all I can see, they're all widescreened models. Okay? Now, the rumors, and maybe you've heard something, Rob, or not, the rumors about this iPad mini talk of a product that has a 4-3 aspect ratio, just like the full-size iPad. The screen size will be 7.85 inches, just shy of 8 inches. So suddenly you've got a lot more screen real estate there. It is smaller, obviously, than something close to 10 inches, but not so much smaller that you will be forced to (laughs) sandpaper your fingers, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I always, what I wrote after, you know, hearing that little, that for Listeners unfamiliar with this, this was some earnings call where Steve Jobs came on after the recitation of financial results to sort of expound for about half an hour or so. And he went on a length about how we don't think you can make a satisfactory experience. The icons are too small. The text is too hard to read. Your fingers can't grasp something that that size. And, and my reaction afterwards was, well, obviously when Apple does ship a 7-inch tablet, they're going to say, you know, Boy, did we work this? Did we really nail it? Only we know how to make this work. So um, I, I guess we'll have to see if that is part of Tim Cook's on-stage banter next week. Well, okay. So now that Apple produces this thing, we have to wonder about the pricing. We can get the old Kindle Fire for what one fifty nine, one forty nine. I forget the new one, the HD version for one ninety nine. Same as the Nexus 7. And the Nexus 7 for the same price. I guess also the Barnes & Noble Nook is in that price range. Yes, right. Okay, Okay. so Apple comes in with a larger screen, a full iPad experience, the same ecosystem, hundreds of thousands of apps tuned to iPads for, what, $249? That's going to be a blockbuster. I kind of expect that Apple wouldn't match, you know, they've never worried too much about matching someone else's price. I think if they can come in at something that is, although I guess now the iPhone, it is the entry-level model of the iPhone 5 at $200 is cheaper than the entry-level model of some new Android phones, which come in at $250 or $300. But I kind of think you're right that it'll be a $250 price for this iPad, whatever they want to call it, mini, nano, Air, what have you. Well, right now, I think they copied some alleged pricing online from a site in Germany. And when you take the value-added tax away from it, translated from euros to American dollars, it comes in at $249 for an 8-gigabyte version. And for 16, it's, what, 50 or $100 more. Okay, I think Apple has a lot to say here because, number one, it's a bigger screen. Number two, it's the iPad ecosystem. 
I think they're going to blow away the competition this way. We'll see. You know, I'll, uh, I, I'm assuming that I will probably wind up buying one. And if I like it, I'll keep it. If I don't, I'll return it. Since sometimes it's easier than doing with Apple PR. We'll see. I'll make the request, but I'm not going to let their response dictate the uh, <laughs> timing or substance of the review. I'm so. certainly going to look at it because I have to see whether this is something like my wife might want because she's a small girl. Okay. She's a tiny girl. She's just five feet soaking wet. And therefore, the regular iPad may be a tad big for her. I have to talk to her about it. We're talking to Rob Peguerero, tech columnist. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com in a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. You store guns, ammo, and food and water. But do you store peace of mind when it comes to your firearms? Now you can with Duracoat. The last thing anyone needs is a firearm that won't work when you need it most. Improve the factory finish and Duracoat your firearms once for a lifetime of protection against rust and corrosion. And Duracoat also protects against water, salt water, mud, grime, or whatever nature throws at you. The Duracoat Shake and Spray Finishing Kit has everything you need to finish a complete firearm for just $34.95. No need 
need for an airbrush or other spray equipment? Just degrease, then spray on Duracoat and let dry for a lifetime of protection. Duracoat is the simplest and most user-friendly firearm finish you can buy. Use Duracoat on knives, camping equipment, or anything metal, plastic, or wood you want to protect from the elements. Call 800-830-6677 or visit Duracoat.net. Spelled D-U-R-A-C-O-A-T dot net. Duracoat, the finest firearm finish on the planet. Hi, my name is Annette, and due to menopause symptoms for nearly two years, I suffered severe hot flashes, which prevented me from sleeping all night. It was so hard to work because it continued all day to have the hot flashes from hell. I was exhausted and depleted. After only three weeks on One World Way, I have no hot flashes, and I'm sleeping normally again. I feel energized and strong. This is an amazing product. It is a little-known fact that every single cell of your body is supposed to produce 10% of its protein content as glutathione. But due to toxicity and aging, it does not. Could glutathione be a missing factor in optimal cell function for your entire body? If you restore the optimal glutathione levels in your cells, especially your glands and organs, then as a result, your glands and organs work better. Imagine the quality of life improvement you might have. To order One World Way, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With Rob Pecorero, tech columnist, we're talking about the iPad Mini, and this is a certainty. I mean, the way the invitations phrase for this coming week we could say it's going to happen. We can speculate about the price. We can speculate some, um, the final specs. But one thing I've noticed, and this is something we observed with the iPhone 5, and that is the rumor sites had 95% of what we knew about the iPhone 5 before Apple's event. So is all this information leaking like a sieve now? I don't know about that, but yeah, the iPhone 5, for whatever reason, there was, there was more stuff that came out. There were still some surprises. I'm trying to think of, um, you know, obviously, the NanoSIM was no surprise. The lightning connector, we saw that coming. The, the, the taller screen, uh, I think that the thinness, you know, how thin it was, that was a bit of a surprise. What else was in it that... Uh, well, you know, some of the minor specs, like having enhanced audio, stuff like that. But that's just yeah. minor things. When I say 95%. Well, actually, no. What was the surprise with the iPhone 5 news? I guess maybe because people were so busy looking for iPhone 5 news, the pretty much all of the iPod news people were not expecting. Okay. Well, obviously, the update to the iPods, we understand that. But the specs of the iPhone 5, we knew pretty much. Right now, we have specs and possible pricing and maybe some photos of the iPad mini and other than using the name nano or air or something like that and having pricing be somewhat different it looks to me like we know pretty much all there is to know about it I thought Apple was doubling down on security <laughs> well you know I've spent enough time uh, gambling to know that doubling down sometimes means you just you just lose faster so <laughs> Maybe they're just picking the wrong metaphor there. I don't know. Is it because of the fact that nowadays Apple has to use a lot of different suppliers to build their stuff, especially well, as they Apple's add more and more product, and leaks are inevitable, and maybe Apple occasionally 
contacts a journalist under deep background says, don't quote me, <clears throat> but this is what we're going to do. Well, they've always been heavily reliant on outsourced suppliers, but it could be just the scale they have to operate at it makes it hard to keep a secret. People have, you know, people in the press and at the rumor sites, not that they're necessarily different things, have gotten more used to this routine and maybe they're getting a little bit better sourced over time. I don't know. It is interesting to contemplate. Uh, I think I'd be okay if some of the, the drama of Apple product announcements were to evaporate. It's not always the best use of our collective brain cells to writhe in agony over what will they announce next week. Well, Apple can still have a few surprises because in addition to an iPad mini or whatever it's called, Apple may introduce a 13-inch version of the MacBook Pro with Retina display. They're talking about refreshes for the iMac and the Mac Mini, which are kind of overdue. So maybe we'll have that. Yeah. That'd be enough to fill out a full event. I think so. Although I guess what's really good, isn't the, uh, the Mac Pro the one that most needs an update? Yes, but there's a quote from Tim Cook. He wrote to somebody saying it would come in 2013. Oh. Yeah, you know what, though? I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to you through a 2009 model iMac, and ever since I put in another 4 gigs of memory, this thing, it's really trucking along fine. I don't feel that, it, except if I'm, like, running Windows 7 inside uh, Parallel's desktop, I don't feel like I'm really losing any speed on this thing. You know, it's funny. I have a 2009 iMac. I have the one with the faster i7 Intel quad-core chip with hyper-threading and all the other stuff and bells and whistles, 8 gigabytes of RAM. It runs pretty well. You know, I did try someone's 2011 iMac with a solid-state drive, and I felt insanely jealous. But other than that, I am coasting along pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly, which is good because I think, you know, we all, we all spend enough on technology in other ways. Don't need to be buying a new computer every couple of years as, as we once did. Oh, yes, can't do that anymore. But we know that... Within the next year, we're both going to have to buy a new one. This other person that I talk with a lot, Craig Crossman, who does the Computer America radio show where I'm a special correspondent, that's the one he has. 2009 iMac, isn't that? Oh, okay. Mm. That's where they went to this high-performance form factor. Mine runs beautifully. It doesn't have a one-terabyte Seagate drive, which is subject to extended repair because these drives mm. fail prematurely. Mine has a Western Digital, so I feel happier. But there you go. So you expect that yeah. Apple will introduce a new iMac this next week? Well, yeah, it's kind of due. I mean, if, if you're going to update your home computing models, you pretty much have to do it by now. Otherwise, you start risking having people go into the store, buy the model that then gets discontinued and replaced by something better two weeks from now. And it, it's an awkward scenario all around in the case. But you would expect it just to be the same thing with faster parts, or do you think they might try a redesign? It's getting a little old in terms of the design. Well, you know, they've kind of pared it down. You have a screen and a keyboard, and you kind of can't, can't really get rid of either of those two things. So, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess you could... Um... You can make it thinner. They're talking about bonding the glass with the LCD, because right now, if you disassemble the iMac, it's held together with magnets or something. It's really convoluted. It's not an easy process to pull this thing apart. And yeah, I read well, the process, and I don't want to do it. This is traditional, though, for iMacs. iMacs from day one, the Bondi Blue iMac in the last century. Remember that one? I do remember it well. You had to take the whole thing apart to change memory. 
Well, that's that is one worry I do have is that Apple might sort of adopt some of the habits as picked up this MacBook Air I have sitting um, next to the desk. Great little computer, but it is what it is. I'm not going to be able to upgrade the memory on it. Uh, pretty much never, unless I pay somebody a lot of money to, to dismantle it and then put it back together again. So that's a concern. It, it would be interesting if Apple, you know, at some point this is going to happen, the way flash storage keeps getting cheaper and cheaper. You're going to start seeing desktop computers that have SSDs, flash memory-based storage drives, instead of hard drives, which would be great for performance, be great because flash memory cannot crash, there's no spinning platter, but... You know, it could be done in a way where it's impossible to upgrade the, or very difficult to upgrade the SSD later on. Again, now, understand, okay. as you probably know, later iMacs are available with two drives, a solid state, which people could use a startup driver for applications, and a regular fixed hard drive, mechanical hard drive for your documents, for example, your photo library or something like that. That's what my friend has. Now, what I think Apple could do, and of course the thing is probably being produced so they won't listen to me, is whether you thin it out or not, which is probably what they're going to want to do, thin it out a little bit, is you make the hard drive bays accessible, two of them. And the reason you do that is because there are lots of content creators who will avoid the Mac Pro because it hasn't been updated or it's too expensive and try their best with an iMac if they have that little flexibility, not just Thunderbolt, but physically having two drives inside in a way that's easy to upgrade. That, which wouldn't require a lot of engineering expertise to do, it's a very simple kind of thing. By doing that, you make it possible for people to have a more flexible computer. I mean, now fixing, changing memory on iMac is very easy. Yeah. All the slots are very easy. If we could change the hard drive about as easily, I think it would become more flexible. Really would. Well, the other point there is, you know, as I mentioned, the technology, certainly in terms of flash storage, is advancing pretty rapidly. So two years from now, you'd be able to get a lot more storage for the same prices today. And presumably, you know, some other advantages in performance, reliability, what have you. So, yeah, that would be a good bit of future-proofing. But I suspect Apple will not do that. Apple knows who I am, but they don't listen to me. I me neither. Okay, well, you've been doing it for a lot of years, too, and they don't listen to you. It's just so unfortunate because we have such great ideas to voice like this. Because a while back, we had a vision. This is something which I published at TechNightOwl.com, and Dan Frakes at Macworld did the same thing a mythical mid-range Mac mini tower. And we were talking about basically a headless iMac with the same guts, but something to which you install your own monitor. You don't have to use their built-in display. It's not an all-in-one. And it has limited expansion capability. It's kind of like the modern-day equivalent, if you know your Macs, and you go back to the late 80s, early 90s, you had something called the 2CX and the 2CI. Yes, I spent a lot of time on one of those in college. Sure. Compact computers with a lot of internal expansion and reasonably affordable, as affordable as a Mac was in those days. And that would be what Apple would do. Of course, Apple will not go in that direction. So the best compromise is take the iMac and make it more easily expandable. And that way, yeah. the need for a Mac Pro is lessened by a lot of people. I mean, I sold a Mac Pro with a monitor 
and was able to finance the full iMac purchase with a few hundred dollars change. Imagine that. We have Rob Pegarero joining us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, because Rob Pegarero lives in the Washington, D.C. area, he's in the center of the political landscape. Now, on this last presidential debate, they mention technology only in the sense of the fact that Apple assembles iPads and iPhones in China. That's as far as they went. Yep. They didn't talk about anything else about technology. It doesn't seem to be playing a very big role in the presidential debates or in the discussions. So what do they need to do? What should they have done? And I guess it's too late in the campaign to change their minds to give our tech world some degree of importance other than the fact that the gear is assembled in China. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the exchange overall, that was it was that would definitely not be my choice. If I could ask one question of tech policy to either candidate, it would not be about outsourced manufacturing. For what it's worth, I thought the president was kind of correct in noting that those jobs probably aren't coming back. He did not mention the fact that one reason is you can actually have 200,000 people work at one factory town complex in China to do nothing but crank out iPhones or iPads. 
the question I would ask, and that I think a lot of people in the tech business would like to see asked is, what are we going to do to bring some sanity and reduce the uncertainty in uh, technology patents? They're, they're just a massive threat to a lot of startups. There's not a whole lot you as an individual company can do to inoculate yourself against that risk. If you're a big established company, you can. It just means sacrificing a certain amount of revenue. And instead of devoting that towards hiring you know, better engineers, smarter developers, you spend that on patent lawyers to, to make sure you stay out of trouble. And maybe if you're that kind of company, to go sue other people and collect royalties from them for patents. They allegedly infringed. So then this patent thing is a mess right now. Huge mess, yes. Startling mess. And it doesn't really help because it allows a situation that's erupted now where there are so many lawsuits out there, you can't keep track of them. It's a mess with Apple versus Samsung and versus Motorola versus Apple back and forth. And all I want to do is turn this off. I know one of our regulars on the show, Adrian Hoppel of MacLife magazine, he has a column for MacLife where he covers the lawsuit picture. Now, just think mm. about that. All the stuff that Apple's doing, and you have to have a portion of your coverage focused strictly on the lawsuits. What a mess. Indeed. Yeah, it's just it's a huge waste of potential. And, and the thing is, it doesn't have to be this way. The, the whole point of patents is not to make an individual company or invent rich. It's so that the rest of us benefit. You know, when the government grants you this monopoly on your invention for a limited time, not because you're a great guy or a terrific inventor, but because, in theory, that you know people will have to find some other smarter way to accomplish the same thing. But if there's so many patents out there and that, that are so broad, then that's not going to happen because it's just the patent thicket becomes opaque. What you have now, of course, is companies do defensive patents. So, for yep. example, anything that is the vaguest resemblance to some kind of invention, what do they do? They patent it. Why? Just in case. Exactly. There's no choice there. They have to patent that invention. And you see this. You see all the filings that Apple makes. And part of that is because they were caught flat-footed a few years back when Creative Labs, who had made music players up to that point, sued Apple for certain patents on the iPod. Apple ended up paying $100 million in that action. And we should note, of course that, uh, you know, tragically enough, that did not secure the, the uh, long-term success of Creative's, what was their brand name? Creative Nomad, I think. They still got destroyed in the MP3 player market. Well, what happened after that, I believe, is Creative started building iPod accessories. So that's where they made their money. They got destroyed, as you say, in the tablet market. Well, at least they got $100 million, I guess, you know, right. making money that's from Apple. Sense. That's pretty good. And Apple, of course, has made licensing deals with Nokia. Apple has licensing deals with Microsoft. They know where they can go. Why doesn't Google, being the owner of Android, try to make a deal with Apple? Look, let's do something so that we don't sue each other. It sounds like under Steve Jobs, that was not something Apple was interested in. They said, we want to destroy the Android. We think it's ripped off. And if you're going to go at, you know, treat your patent litigation that way, where money is not the final objective, then, yeah, no, then it gets difficult to not negotiate the, the, the usual, the way these things always get resolved, some cross-licensing deal where, you know, everyone licenses everyone else's patent. Uh, you know, nothing actually changes in any of the products involved. 
the lawyers collect a lot of money in fees, and you know we wind up paying for it one way or another. It's, it's not the most productive end, but at least it's it's a tidy end to patent litigation. And I don't. It doesn't seem like that was too high on Apple's priority list. Maybe we'll change now. We'll see. Well, there were reports that Apple was talking with Google about that. Now, Google is not doing as well financially as we thought. They issued an earnings report this past week where the earnings missed expectations. Looks like they continue to lose money with Motorola Mobility, which they bought. So that division, after laying off a lot of people, is still not making money. They don't seem to be making a lot of money from their smartphone platform. So what's the point? If they're not making money, why even pursue it? Well, the whole point of Android is to get more people online. You know, the, the best description of this I got from somebody who might have been Andy Rubin himself years and years ago. You know, look, the more people that are online, you know, looking for things, then that's, that helps your advertising business. And, you know, look at it not just in terms of phones. There's all these other devices that power Android. I think, you know, there, there's something to be said. I, as a customer, am happy that I have a choice. And, you know, Apple has a lot of good ideas, but they don't have all of them. If we didn't have Android, it would be iPhone plus BlackBerry. Do you want that kind of world? No. Well, we'll see when does phone 8 that's uh, due to be out on that Nokia 920 soon. We'll see how that is. Um, yeah. You know, it's Google has got, um, I guess, a, a short timetable on some things. and other ones, they're playing a very long game. Well, the thing I worry about with Google in terms of what they're doing, if I'm a stockholder in Google, and I'm saying, okay, you've got hundreds of millions of Android devices out there and hundreds of thousands of them being activated every day. But where's the profit in that? And you have to think, how much did Google lose by losing Maps on the iOS? How much did they make from Apple? I heard once that the companies who provide Android handsets pay more money to <laughs> have to pay lots of money to Microsoft per unit because of patents. So it starts to become less economical for them. And well, if they're being that, sued that, by Apple, it gets crazy. That's Microsoft's own business strategy. I I am not entirely sold on the validity of all the Microsoft patents involved. And you know, plus it sort of it didn't look too good to me when Microsoft started suing all these companies when they had no compelling phone product at all. You know, you, you rarely see a company following the, you know, if, if, you, if you can't innovate, litigate uh, playbook so obviously as it was then. Since then, Microsoft has gotten its act together. But, yeah, that's, you know, if you, if you took away all of these patent lawsuits, um, I don't think there would be any, you know, less justice in the smartphone world. I think we'd be better off because that would be money that people would have been spending on improving battery life, uh, finding better interfaces. You know, the, the outright copying that you see is more in terms of just imitating overall, you know, the idea that it is funny that now every single phone around here is a huge screen with just tiny buttons around it. But you know what? There is such a thing as conversion evolution. Well, is that part of it, too, that in the end you move towards a certain direction and then having had the iPhone pointing people to a certain direction, how much can you differentiate your product? Doesn't well, you it look become at laptops, too much of a general standard? 
and until the PowerBook 100, the, there was a certain amount of diversity over where to put the keyboard and the, the touch panel and everything. And since then, the, the basic architecture has not changed all that much. Screen, keyboard, some kind of mouse substitute in front of the keyboard. We have Rob Peguerero back for one more segment on the Tech Night Owl Live. Hey, neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out as seenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SEEN1, S-E-E-N number one, SEEN1. Go to asseenontv.com to order. Save 10%. Purchase this summer's hottest As Seen on TV items. Save 10%. Or call 1-866-277-3366. 1-866-277-3366. The code Scene one to save 10%. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Earthquakes, hurricanes, floods, all sorts of natural disasters happen. Some of you are ready, some are not. MySurvivalGoods.com gets you ready. Think basics. Do you have a home first aid kit, a car emergency kit, a basic urban survival kit? MySurvivalGoods.com has kits. Then the big stuff, ready for system interruptions caused by natural or man-made disasters, terrorism, government collapse, social chaos. Are you ready to bug out? Could you survive off the grid for a minimum of three days like FEMA says? Don't count on FEMA. Count on high-quality kits from MySurvivalGoods.com. Check out our large selection of emergency kits for cars, homes, schools, and office, and bug-out bags, first aid and flu kits, emergency water and food. Even build your very own custom emergency kit. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Go to MySurvivalGoods.com now. That's MySurvivalGoods.com. Don't delay. Prepare today. Utopia Silver understands that mainstream medicine and the rising cost of health care can financially destroy any family. We simply cannot afford to get sick. The only option is to stay healthy. Americans are learning that ill health is not caused by a deficiency of drugs. It's usually the result of a deficiency of minerals, vitamins, proper nutrition, and exercise. 
UtopiaSilver.com offers colloidal silver and healing protocols for vaccine and radiation poisoning, arthritis, insomnia, and more. If you're sick of unconstitutional government mandates, then stand up now and say no. The time is growing short to put this evil genie back in its bottle. Join Utopia Silver in promoting good health and fighting for our God-given health care rights. Visit utopiasilver.com, U-T-O-P-I-A-Silver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Rob Pegarero, who writes for USA Today and other places. We're talking about technology, a little bit about the lawsuits and all the mess that continues to go on with Apple and Samsung and anyone else on the planet just going on and on until we get crazy. Now, it's interesting when we look at the timing of Apple's event on the 23rd of October. Three days later, we have Windows 8. So I can kind of say here that Apple, despite Microsoft spending a lot of money on Windows 8 advertising, in addition to those annoying click ads with Surface, mm-hmm. Apple has upstaged Microsoft. There is that risk. Uh, the timing is kind of funny. But also with Microsoft, it's not as if there's going to be some big surprise. You've been able to download a copy of Windows 8, put it on uh, a desktop or laptop or tablet you own for months now. So it, it's not as if we're going to be standing around expectantly waiting to see what Steve Ballmer pulls out of his hat on the 26th. So even if there were, were no Apple event three days before, there wouldn't be a huge amount of suspense attached to the debut of Windows 8. For me, the suspense is going to be what happens the first time somebody, people start taking home new computers with Windows 8, which they bought because they needed a new computer, not because they wanted a Windows 8 computer or even know what Windows 8 is. I think there's going to be some real culture shock when... People boot up these new laptops or desktops and ask, where's the start menu? That's the biggest problem for the enterprise, really. Not just consumers, but the enterprise, they have to decide what operating system they're going to put on the 10,000 computers they're going to buy next week. And Microsoft offers them Windows 8. And they say, what? We have to retrain our employees to use this thing. We want something that they're used to, that we can just install everything and get back to work. They'll use Windows 7. Will the enterprise ever adopt Windows 8? You know, if the enterprise is, and I hate to treat it as some monolithic entity, but less for the purposes of this discussion. If corporate IT's reaction to Windows 8 is, well, how dare you? We're going to stick with Windows 7. And if they all actually stick with Windows 7, thereby finally getting rid of Windows XP, I think that would be an okay outcome, actually. Well, at least Microsoft makes money because we're looking at this point here where only in the last few months have the number of Windows 7 computers in operation, at least based on these web-based benchmarks, exceeded Windows XP. And this is 11 years after Windows XP came out. The unkindest cut of all. Yeah, I I hate Windows XP. I'm so tired of seeing that. I, I don't even want to have people asking me questions about it anymore. I still see lots of businesses using it. It's still amazing. Yeah. 
Okay, for Windows 8, I assume you're working with the release to manufacturing version, the final version? Actually, I have not yet installed it on my laptop. I had this issue where trying to install the customer preview kind of nuked the hard drive. So, oh. yeah, I think at this point I'm just going to keep that on Windows 7, and then my next installation of Windows 8 will be when it's the actual for real version. I will have uh, you know downloaded off Microsoft's site, and then it'll be a complete upgrade instead of installing it into a separate partition as I've done before. And I hope it will... <laughs> go more smoothly than my last attempt to install Windows 8 in this particular ThinkPad. Now, this is very interesting. I was doing a little research on Windows 8. I'm running the customer preview on Parallels Desktop. And performance is really good. You know, the interface, as much as we argue about the quality of the interface, it runs smooth and fast. Okay, now, you want to print a document. What do you do to print a document? Of course, we're used to going to the file menu, and the file menu... Choosing print or invoking some kind of keyboard shortcut. But the control panel with all devices and settings under Windows 8 is called Charms. What yes, the heck the little... is that? <laughs> it's a funny term they came up with, but I guess you need some way to describe this column of icons that shows up on the right side of the screen that let you do things like, you know, share some web page or document by email or Twitter or whatever. Yeah, it's going to be a learning process for all of us. Well, I know just going back and forth to the desktop, it's really weird. I mean, you've got all these little hot spots on the screen if you're not using a touch screen, okay? So if you're using the mouse and you've got to hit the hot spot for it to bring up some kind of pop-up that takes you here, there, and everywhere. I think of the logic of this thing, and I understand what Microsoft's trying to do. They want to have one Windows for everything. This is the Windows Everywhere philosophy, which how many years has that been around? Well, it used to be they were trying to make smartphone interfaces that look like desktop windows. Now they flip that around 180 degrees. All right. But the question is here, how's the public going to respond? Now, the early reviews I've read from commentators, you correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of people have qualms about Windows 8. It's not like, with even at Vista, a lot of people were complimentary. Windows 7, lots of compliments. Windows 8, not so many. Yeah, you have to sort of look at the the perspective a reviewer might bring to it. I've been thinking about this lately. A lot of people have had really nice things to say about the Samsung Galaxy S3 phone. And I, and not so many other people, uh, hated it, mainly because of, on the one hand, the non-standard Android interface, where the, the core array of system menu buttons, back, recent apps, home, is changed on Samsung's phones and no one else's. And then the, the, the autocorrect keyboard on the GS3 is horrible and intrusive. No one else, I think uh, the Houston Chronicles' Dwight Silverman, he mentioned this. I mentioned it. And a lot of other people, there's no mention in all of this. And then I have conversations like the one I had with the, this uh, guy on Capitol Hill on Tuesday. How he's, I saw him like struggling to correct a typo on the phone. I, I thought, oh, right, I know that shade of blue. That's a GS3. And then I started talking uh, alternate keyboards he could use in, in place of the built-in one which is not Google. Samsung wrote their own. And most people didn't even mention that. I guess because, I don't know, maybe they're so used to downloading a copy of Swipe or SwiftKey or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I'll tell you, I looked at Windows 8. I've tried to play with it. I've tried to be fair about it. You know, recognize that every company has a right to their own decision. They're not forced to go into the Mac universe. Apple has a separate OS for mobile and for desktop, and that's the way they've decreed it. Certainly, Microsoft has a right to do whatever the heck they please. But when you change the paradigm so much as they've done, it sounds to me is that they're so desperate to get traction in the mobile market, 
they haven't looked at how customers will react to this thing, and it can cause problems. Well, you know, I'm used to Microsoft never changing anything in interfaces, so maybe this is what they needed to do. We're just going to have to see. Hey there, Rob Piguerero. Tell us where we could find more of the things that you're up to and maybe what articles we can expect to see from you. Okay, so this is going to be a busy couple of weeks since, as we mentioned, there, there's Windows 8 shipping October 26th. Got to write about that. There's the iPad Mini whenever that ships. November 2nd is the, the latest alleged ship date. Um, Google has, uh, remember Chromebooks, the, the, the web browser and nothing else, the laptop? I tried one of those last summer, didn't like it too much. It just came out with one that's only $250, so it's almost your, your automatic third computer purchase. you got to try that one out. Allegedly, Google is also going to have some smartphone event in New York on the 29th, which I guess we're due to have a, another one or two Nexus phones arrive on the market. I may head up to, the, to see that because I'd like to see what they can do with that concept. Where can we find more of your stuff? Where do we go? So look me up on robpegarero.com. That's where I link to all my stuff. I do a recap. If I don't do anything else on my blog, I write a recap every Sunday. Here's where I spoke, uh, where I was interviewed, what I wrote about this week. My Q&A column is on usatoday.com. It's usually on Sundays. Uh, Once or twice a week, you can find me blogging about gadgets and social media and whatnot on Discovery News. And other places, like uh, I read the iPhone 5 for cnnmoney.com, and I've got another couple of things I'll be writing for those folks as well. Rob Pegarero, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. You're welcome. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit Big B-E-R-K-E-Y waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. 25 years. 
is reason to celebrate. Cash in on October deals during the 25th anniversary of Emergency Essentials. Going on now, save 26% off clarified butter, 24% off honey oat granola, and save 50% off a kitchen fire extinguisher. A must for any kitchen emergency. Stock your car with a RoadWise Emergency 72-hour kit, only $34.99 at BePrepared.com. New this month, two varieties of Mountain House just-in-case buckets. Your favorite Mountain House pouches packed in a convenient bucket. Find a super deal this month only for the Gold Zero Lighthouse LED Lantern and Nomad 7 Solar Panel. ISAD Potassium Iodide Tablets are on sale. And as always, check out the Emergency Essentials Group Specials now through October 31st. Call 800-999-1863 for exceptional customer service and Emergency Essentials low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or be prepared.com. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Joe Wilcox. He's managing editor for Beta News, which is a tech news site and commentary site. Joe, we haven't talked too much about beta news when you've come on in the past. And maybe before we get started with our regular bill of fare, and there's a lot of stuff going on, maybe you can tell us, tell our listeners, what is beta news all about? (laughs) Good question. Uh, The the site's been around for uh, about a dozen years, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, in the early days, you know, beta news, I think, really described, described it, but of course, we've, uh, a lot has changed. There's a lot less that's beta in the sense that we used to understand it in terms of software, but on the hardware, hardware front, you see, you know, more of that as there's, you know, more rumors, which we actually don't like very much about, and, uh, you know, more devices, uh, and apps and things that, uh, you know, are incomplete, so to, so to speak, but, but but different in the old days. It seemed like in the old days, the the enthusiasts would get excited about something, and it would be released, and there'd be a release, and there'd be a development cycle. Now it seems like we're just in a perpetual state of betas on everything. Can you spell Siri? <laughs> very good, very good. Even even in iOS six, it still is beta. I mean, gosh. There are things that iOS six doesn't do what you want. Let me ask you that before we get into some of our other stuff. Other than Maps, which is obvious, this is where Apple should have put a beta label on there. What else is iOS 6 doing that you regard as beta? Uh, I think Siri is still really incomplete, and I was very disappointed. I uh, tested it uh, against 
uh, the whole Google search, you know, Google Now on uh, Galaxy Nexus, and I was really expecting Siri to deliver, you know, now on iOS 6, and still the Google thing was just superior uh, in, uh, in most every way. In most every question I asked, I could get an answer that was relevant. It may not have been, you know, pretty voice, but I definitely got the information I wanted compared to Siri. Siri um, that misunderstands you what? It misunderstands. It just doesn't know. Don't you get tired of, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how the re- response is something like, would you like to search the web for this, you know, whatever, how, however it comes across. I mean, too often it doesn't know and wants to do something else for you. Here's the way it works, Joe. If you were Samuel L. Jackson with that mm-hmm. menacing voice and that <laughs> menacing glare and you ask Siri to do something, do you think Siri would say no? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's a- it depends on whether the Apple engineers have seen snakes on, on, a, on, a, on a plane or not. So, Oh, please. But no, I understand. <laughs> you know, I understand that Samuel L. Jackson is a kind of actor who basically takes almost anything. And when they mentioned the script for Snakes on the Plane to him, he said, where can I sign up? <laughs> I mean, he's the whole film. And I haven't seen the film, and I never will see the film. But I think Samuel L. Jackson is a great personality and a great actor. Let's go back to Siri. So basically, Siri, you feel, needs a lot more work before it could recognize things accurately. Is it just the accuracy of the recognition of what you ask or the inability to find what you want, even though it understands it? Um, I, actually, uh, more the second. Uh, I think that it, it just doesn't get to the information as well as it should. It's still officially labeled as a beta. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and they still market it like it's not. I so agree with you. I agree with you. And then, of course, with Maps, I think Apple made a big mistake not calling it a beta. Not that they don't have the right to say, goodbye, Google, we'll do our own. But with Maps, it takes time to develop and refine. It's gotten better, but I think part of the problem is the marketing was done badly. Well, uh, my, my first experience with Apple Maps uh, is I went to the... The iPhone, day the five, iPhone 5 came out, I went to uh, my local Apple store, which is in Fashion Valley Mall here in San Diego. And I figured, okay, what could be harder than searching for Fashion Valley, you know, location awareness uh, in Fashion Valley? And so I, I did that, uh, and it came up with a location uh, in uh, Paris. I also kind of remember what, what that one was. It also had Valley in the name. But anyway... Uh, you know, wrong continent, 3,000 miles off. I mean, yeah, come on, Apple can do better than that. Well, it took a while before they figured out how to display a 3D image of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> you remember that? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I've since that fix, there have been fixes, I checked some of my childhood homes. I used to live, I'll give you the addresses, folks, you want to look it up. When I was really, really young, 102 Newport Street in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. And 214 Rockaway Parkway in Brooklyn, New York, it had no problem finding either. I'll go for that. Columbia okay. SC for Columbia, South Carolina. If you don't specify South Carolina and you call it Columbia SC, it takes you to South America. <laughs> you see, part of it is precision. The precision of the request really has to be refined. But the one but it, thing that made but- it bad for Apple is that with maps, all you have to do is post a screenshot when it screws up. It's not something that's subtle, like bugs might be in some particular software. 
with maps, right. it is so obvious and blatant. You know, what can I say? Um, you know, a lot of people are misdirected, as they say, right? Um, and then, what was it? I saw a, um, a, a cartoon somewhere where some guy uh, was on a ledge and, you know, someone um, steps out and, and he's there because of Apple Maps. And I, I forget exactly the interaction. And then my response was, well, it's a good thing he didn't ask Siri whether he should jump or not. So, well, Siri would probably say, "Do you prefer the Mac or Windows?" <laughs> Make it crazy. Oh. Hmm. Let's look at some other issues. Obviously, Maps will be a while before Apple gets it together. Microsoft has been running what I regard as very annoying commercials, loud commercials with clicks and dancing for the Surface tablet. And I understand Microsoft wants to shout it to the skies because they consider this a big deal. All right, have you had a chance to play with Surface yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, they haven't sent me anything to review, and I haven't seen it up close. Uh, by the way, I like the commercials, uh, although I, I have expected uh, doing the dancing one uh, for... Uh, for Microsoft to insert, uh, you know, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers digitally. I mean, it was, there was so much of it going on. Well, my problem with it is it's not something that tells you what you can do with it. But the impression I get from the way it's situated, it's on the kickstand. you got the keyboard open. It's horizontal. This is a thin netbook. Well, okay, so let's go back to the commercial. And you have to remember the, the purpose of advertising. The purpose of advertising is to get people to remember you, first and foremost, your product and or your brand. Uh, and so Microsoft has a new product with a, that's a new brand, and it wants to, you know, wants to get that in your brain so that you see it. When you see it in the stores, you recognize it, and you stop, and you pick it up, and you touch it, or you actually go into the store asking for it. And so this isn't the time to talk about features. This is just about getting that, that uh, desktop, the tile desktop out there, letting people see the stand and, oh, that's different, and seeing the click on, uh, click on uh, keyboard cover. They've seen covers for, iPad, uh, for iPads, but they don't click on quite like that, and they don't have keyboards. And so, again, there's a familiarity with something they know and then a difference which they can recognize and remember. So from that perspective, I think the ads accomplish what, what they're supposed to do. Assuming it doesn't turn you off, and that's the problem. It was a little bit too loud for me. Not that you don't want to show the features, but it was too loud. It's the same thing, for example, but, with the Internet Explorer commercials. I don't even mm -hmm. see the need of advertising a web browser, a free web browser in a commercial saying, well, the web is more beautiful compared to what? Compared to Firefox, compared to Chrome? Compared to Safari, no, if the website is properly rendered on a browser, it looks the same. I think that's a not just an irritating commercial, but a useless commercial. Obviously, in terms of artistic merit, you have your opinion about Surface, I have mine. At least the dancers are good dancers. You know, got to say that. <laughs> Joe Wilcox of Beta News joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins. 
a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwoods. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. In a coming apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. You know what happens to your digestive health around the holidays? Right. Unusual schedules and foods you don't normally eat can cause upset stomach and indigestion. But you can prepare your digestive tract with Pro-EM-1 Probiotic Cleanse from Terragonics.com. Pro-EM-1 is all natural and made with certified organic ingredients. It contains no genetically modified ingredients or preservatives and has no animal products, wheat, soy, dairy, or gluten. Pro-EM-1 does not require refrigeration, so you can take it with you over the river and through the woods to grandma's house. Pro-EM-1 supports a healthy, regular digestive system, supports weight loss, and improves absorption of food nutrients. Improve your digestion and keep off those extra pounds with Pro-EM-1 Probiotic Cleanse. Call or click Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Toll free, 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. 
You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, Joe Wilcox and I never agree on many things. We agree on a few things. But I'll tell you up front, I like Joe. He's a really nice guy, and he has strong opinions, as do we all. We're talking about the Surface. Okay, now, assuming the commercials for the Microsoft Surface are successful in that people are interested in buying one, and we've heard that the cheapest version is supposedly sold out of the pre-order allotment, but we don't know how many Microsoft built. The question here is, is Microsoft going after the same audience that buys an iPad or a Google tablet, a Nexus 7, or are they looking for people who want the more traditional PC environment because they're going to run Office on the Surface tablet? It's a complex answer. Uh, let's start with uh, the, the, easy, the easy part, which is absolutely Microsoft is going after you know, the iPad crowd. Uh, the pricing is not accidental. You have 499 599 699, which all match the iPad uh, Wi-Fi models, uh, except you have more storage and or or the uh, detachable uh, keyboard cover. So, you know, pricing-wise, absolutely this is about iPad, and for good reason. Uh, All the analysts have been saying for a long time that tablets, particularly iPad, leading tablet, that they're taking away sales from PCs. Third quarter PC market was terrible. Back to school is typically, you know, pretty lively, but not this year. Even Mac sales were down for the first time in as long as I can remember. But that's Mac Mac sales in the USA. We don't know about worldwide. Mac Mac sales in the USA. That is correct. Mac sales in the USA. Right. We'll know next week what the worldwide sales are. But even if they're flat or slightly down, that's the way the PC industry is going. I understand that Microsoft, to boost sales, has to do something different. Have they gone too far in that direction, though? Okay, so let's talk about the other thing you said about you know, running Office and you know whatever. Um, if you look at the licensing terms, if I've read them correctly, Microsoft doesn't even want businesses or nonprofits and maybe not even education, I have to double-check, using the version of Office that, that comes pre-installed on Surface. They're supposed to use a business one, not the home one. So there's like this little wrinkle there. So this is clearly a home product, yet uh, you know, iPad is being bought by everybody. You know, consumers, businesses, large and small, education, whatever. So already Microsoft's kind of pigeonholed its audience by this restriction on Office uh, 2013 home and student, which again comes uh, on the tablet. The thing that bothered me... Yeah is looking at Microsoft's page, which is fleshed out with information on the Surface, they call it a preview. So yeah, it sounds correct. to me like it's not a fully enabled version. Well, what it is is the, uh, the gold code uh, for Office uh, 2013 uh, was released last week. And, and the software won't officially launch until next year, although businesses will have it sooner. So I'm assuming they're going to update it. Uh, basically... It's the same kind of preview code that's been out there for months that Microsoft allowed people to download uh, from the Internet, uh, well, except for the RT version, but the other, the other versions they could get at. All right. So in theory, then, when the final version of Office 2013 is out, 
those who buy the RT surface will be able to get it. Now, this line that of demarcation between business and home use, how's Microsoft um, going to police that? <laughs> well, it's a good question. You know, how are they going to police that? And why are they even you know, bothering? They're making an artificial demarcation in the market because of that second Surface tablet, the one that runs uh, Windows 8 Pro, which will allow you to access the, uh, uh, the legacy desktop and to run your older applications. But maybe some businesses don't want to do that. Maybe they're happy to run all the newfangled apps that are uh, just for RT, including Office. So why restrict them? Uh, why not let them use the version you ship on? It's kind of strange, don't, don't you think? You it is strange, but remember... <laughs> It's strange, Joe, but remember also, Microsoft is not engaged in mass distribution of the Surface. They're selling it online, which could go you know anywhere. I don't know if it's available overseas yet. They're selling it at their stores, of which there are, what, one or two dozen, but it's not sent to Staples or Best Buy or Office Max. It's not available from PC Mall or PC Connection. They're keeping the distribution limited. Now, let me, it's because they're, not ramping up production yet. They want to see how demand is. But the other point would be, how does this influence the PC makers? Now that it's out, it's a real product. It's going to be available. It's going to be delivered by the same day or within a few days of the arrival of Windows 8 on the 26th of October. Now that they've done this, what does it do to the PC OEMs? Now, Steve Ballmer said it's a design point. So I assume the Surface, however well it does, they're going to keep distribution limited for that reason? Could be. Um, I actually, are you sure about uh, their, uh, this product not eventually being available through uh, major I don't retailers? know about I mean, eventually. I know now. It just yeah, now. I mean, pre-order, I understand, but uh, I would expect that it would be available in the channel. But actually, I don't know. I just uh, assumed that it would be. But let's just... I recall at the time of the press conference reading something about that. Obviously, I was not at the press conference. I can't confirm it. Okay, so regardless, um, you know, Windows RT, the same version that runs on Surface, uh, is available to Microsoft's uh, PC manufacturer part, and they will be making devices. Um, you know, it's, I mean, they can compete uh, by you know, doing different things and what Microsoft is doing. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, this is all, this is all new territory. I, from my perspective, I would have liked to have seen Microsoft uh, sell this thing even at a loss uh, to subsidize it heavily, heavily uh, to try to gain market share. I think that would have been the smarter play. If uh, they want to, it. yeah, but the question is, do you upset the OEMs by doing that? Um, at this point, it's a live-or-die situation. Uh, if you look at the tablet market, it's dominated by you know iPad and the Androids. And they have, you know, combined actually more than <laughs> almost 100% share in the United States, uh, So, according to Pew Internet. So if you look at it from that perspective, when you're that far behind, uh, you want to make market share gains more important than anything else. So for that reason, Microsoft should just sell it everywhere. As a practical matter, we have to also see what the OEMs bring out. And I worry about that because a colleague of mine who works for one of the PC magazines, they reviewed a Sony 
Windows 8 computer. Right. For $999, it's this 20-inch Vio Tap 20. You've heard of it. Yes. That's an unusual beast, isn't it? It sounds to me from reading the specs and reading the performance, it's bad. It is not just an awkward computer. The performance level is not really good because it has integrated graphics that supposedly can't even handle a world of Warcraft. It has (laughs) just about average battery life. It looks like they decided they wanted to have something that could be a large notebook, an all-in-one computer like the iMac, like get that price down. And when you get that price down, they've made sacrifices in quality. And Sony, frankly, you know, years ago, as you know, Sony was what Apple is today. You know, highly respected, superior quality products, and always superior prices. I remember going through a couple of Sony Trinitron TVs in the early days. I had one of the first Sony Trinitron TVs back, what, in the early 1970s? And it was, this was the product. This was the king of the hill, the Sony Walkman. Sony has lost its way. And when you look at some of these other products that supposedly extol Windows 8 or even Touch, it looks like Microsoft had very little choice but to bring out the Surface Tablet because the other ideas don't sound very impressive. So let's, let's do a history lesson. Um, before, there was, uh, before there was iPad, we're talking, I guess, 2006, if I remember, if I remember my dates right. Well, the iPad um, came out in 2010, the first one. Right, something. So before iPad, Microsoft had an idea for what it called the, uh, and it did, so what it called, eventually called uh, Ultra Mobile uh, PC, or the code name was Origami. And the idea was they wanted to create a, tab- a touchscreen, tablet like device. Um, they, had, they actually went and they assembled their prototypes to show their OEMs from stuff you could buy off the shelf. The idea was to sell it for, you know, 500 bucks uh, and just really, you know, gain some market share and kind of shake up the whole, the whole kind of touch category. Okay, we'll get into more details. More details coming in a moment. We have Joe Wilcox of Beta News on the Tech Night Out Live. GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. 
and I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Joe Wilcox of Beta News on the Tech Night Out Live. And we're going back a few years where you were saying Microsoft had this vision of a small tablet computer made up of right. industry standard parts, off-the-shelf parts, presented to OEMs. But what happened? So Microsoft is thinking we should sell this for you know, $500 or less. They re- recognize that as being a breakthrough pr- uh, price point. Instead, its partners, and by the way, one of them was, uh, uh, was Samsung, came out with devices that were in the $1,000 to $1,200 range. So Ultra Mobile PC was an eventual failure, uh, yet it's, uh, its ghost, I guess, lived on in some ways as iPad. You know, Apple did what Microsoft wanted to do in 2006, only much more and much better, and at the price that Microsoft was trying to achieve. What I'm trying to get at is that Microsoft has a lot of ideas uh, that it would like to bring to market, but its partners sometimes get in the way. In the case of Surface, Microsoft just decided to, you know, the talent market is booming. It's the post, you know, PC era, even though no one there, they like to call it, I guess, the PC plus era, however they, 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 they term it. We have to be there. We can't trust them. We're going to build one ourselves. And anyway, that, that's the point I'm getting, getting to. What were you, what were you going to say? Okay, the point being, of course, that Microsoft made the Surface in answer to the poor quality of the product concepts coming from the OEMs. Now, just going to mention in yeah. terms of the inspiration, the iPad appears to have gotten underway in, what, 2004, 2005, early in the 2000s, the original concept. I don't know how far it went because we never, of course, will see the prototypes, what Apple discarded, right. and that the iPhone was forked off the iPad project. And this is part of the history, the iPhone, which came out in 2007. The point, is you're saying, is Microsoft comes out with some interesting ideas, but for one reason or another, the OEMs don't pay attention. So when Steve Ballmer says the Surface is design point, he's saying to OEMs, hey, we've got an idea that we think is really cool. It's affordable. It's a viable competitor to existing tablets. Let's see what you do. Yep, and this is what we're going to do. (laughs) And if the Surface becomes a really good success. And it would be interesting to see that it would not that I don't prefer the iPad, I do. But we need competition in this industry. We need to know that it's not just the iPad and the knockoffs that all kind of sort of look like iPads. It is somebody going in a totally different direction and taking a chance. And we don't know if that chance is going to pay off. We don't know what's going to happen 
with Windows 8. We'll get into more of that in a moment. We don't know what's going to happen with the Surface tablet after the early adopters get their copy. We have no idea, but at least they're taking a chance. So no one can accuse Microsoft of being a copycat here, and I think that's, that's really good. They're making a, a concerted effort to, to really be an innovator. Microsoft's problem is something that was rumored and still is rumored as we're talking, uh, and, and now it's unexpected, and that is the, the likelihood that iPad Mini will be announced next week uh, and uh, that that will, will be a huge uh, weight against uh, Surface. Uh, by the way, I think the timing very deliberate on Apple's part. Three days before Windows 8 launches, Surface launches, Apple holds an event, we assume, to announce iPad Mini, which is just going to steal thunder from Microsoft. Um, <laughs> I, I know competition's brutal, but boy, this is uh, really sticking it to them. Yes, that's what I wrote in TechNightOwl.com, suggesting how Apple was upstaging Microsoft with this announcement because what's going to happen here is that we still have the anticipation of the iPad mini. They're still talking about this weekend, the day before the event, the day of the event, the few days after the event. All we'll be talking about is the iPad mini. And, of course, Apple probably will have some other products, mostly Mac refreshes and stuff. But everybody will be comparing this product against the existing smaller tablets. And we can exactly. see where Microsoft gets lost in the shuffle. But it gets worse. <laughs> then, uh, and, you know, so Microsoft's, Microsoft's one event is upstaged, but there's a event on October 29th to launch Windows Phone 8. So what happens? Google sends out an invitation for an Android event on the other coast on the same day. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, it's, you, you get, you get, uh, the company gets kicked, in, kicked aside the head by, by one competitor, and then before it can recover, it gets kicked aside the head by the other one. And part of it is, of course, you know, with Windows 8 and, of course, with the Surface, Microsoft announced this months ago. It's nothing that's something that comes at the last minute or two weeks before. Like, for example, there's never been an official statement about an iPad Mini. The invitation went out this past week. So there's no way for Microsoft to say, you know what, we'll hold off a week. They can't do that. They've got, you know, hundreds of OEM manufacturers waiting to sell their gear with Windows 8 on that day, praying that it's going it's to take, a, go somewhere because PC sales are in the dumps. But there's a metaphor here, too. You know, Microsoft's design philosophy has been long release cycles, big launches. And we have Google, which is, for a long time, been very nimble and fast, working at uh, you know internet internet pace. You look at products like Chrome; you got new versions every six six weeks. And then Apple, which has become nimbler, um, you know, all along. You know, the the product cycles are much faster than they used to be. So you know, Apple has adapted. Google was already there, and Microsoft, you know, is just kind of working the same way. And in some ways, I wouldn't say it's getting what it deserves, but I think there's a big lesson here about the benefit of these events, planning them far ahead, launch cycles that are long, and launch big launches that are planned far ahead. Well, I think a lot of people were surprised, for example, to see that Apple came out with Mountain Lion a year after Lion. We'd been used to two-year upgrade cycles. Yep. yep. Suddenly Apple's saying, no, that's going to happen every year, and it's going to be so cheap, we can almost give it away. 
<laughs> well, you wonder when that's going to happen, right? I mean, at twenty bucks, you might as well, they might as well give it away. This is the theory I had that Apple should give this thing away, like they did in the early days. You know, when you wanted a new operating system upgrade in the 1980s, early 90s, until they started charging for it, all you had to do was take your floppy disks to a dealer, you know, pay for one of those expensive online services, or just go to the dealer and maybe they'll make it up for you. They have a bunch of disks made, your local Mac user group. It was free. Right. Now you can just download the thing. And there are a lot of theories about that, one being that the unfortunate consequence of a low price for an operating system is it makes all applications seem expensive, so they have to be cheaper. But if Apple gives it away, it's not a problem. Mm. Well, look at Microsoft's situation now. Uh, it's it's uh, selling you know Windows 8 uh, pretty much for, for, for less than, than ever before, than, than it's ever done anything before. Uh, with Windows 7, there was the family pack. You got three licenses. Or I think it was 149 or something like that. I think it was 120. I don't remember how much it was, but uh, uh, that that actually worked out less than what Microsoft is offering now. But that was the home version. Uh, all the upgrades now are to the pro version. Microsoft has never done anything like this. If you bought a Windows 7 PC after June 2nd or whatever the date was, it's 15 bucks to get an upgrade. If you want to upgrade digitally, it's 40 bucks. And if you want the, the, the media, it's, it's 70 bucks. Yeah, it's an expiration date of January 31st. And the difference is in licensing. So, for example, you buy yourself a copy of Mountain Lion, it's good for all the Macs you have in your household. Correct. And there's no question. I mean, Apple, Apple makes it much cheaper that way than, than Microsoft does. On the other hand, Microsoft is never priced like this and, and actually is trying to push the market Oh, and away from the consumer version to the pro version. It's never had promotions like this for the professional version. I think Apple forced them to it. That's my opinion. And a reminder, if you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Out Live, we'd like you to write to us. You can reach us at news at technighthow.com, news at technighthow.com, or just post a comment in our forums at forum.technightowl.com, forum.technightowl.com. Joe Wilcox at Beta News. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, 
Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. Earthquakes, hurricanes, floods, all sorts of natural disasters happen. Some of you are ready, some are not. MySurvivalGoods.com gets you ready. Think basics. Do you have a home first aid kit, a car emergency kit, a basic urban survival kit? MySurvivalGoods.com has kits. Then the big stuff, ready for system interruptions caused by natural or man-made disasters, terrorism, government collapse, social chaos. Are you ready to bug out? Could you survive off the grid for a minimum of three days like FEMA says? Don't count on FEMA. Count on high-quality kits from MySurvivalGoods.com. Check out our large selection of emergency kits for cars, homes, schools, and office, and bug-out bags, first aid and flu kits, emergency water and food. Even build your very own custom emergency kit. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Go to MySurvivalGoods.com now. That's MySurvivalGoods.com. Don't delay. Prepare today. Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Amino acids have to be delivered to your body in the shape that nature gave them if they are to be used to create new proteins in your body. Just like a bricklayer cannot use bent or twisted bricks to build a brick wall, so too your body cannot use bent or twisted amino acids to build new proteins. Giving your body an undamaged amino acid food can make a huge difference in your health. One World Way is an undamaged amino acid food unlike any other. You see, heating bends and twists amino acids, and all whey protein powders we've investigated and most proteins you consume are heated. With our True Cool process, you now have a choice with One World Whey. My name is Daniel. I'm 34 years old. When I started using One World Whey, I weighed 228 pounds. Now, after two and a half months, I weigh 182 pounds. This is my ideal weight. I've noticed an increase in stamina, rate of recovery from workouts, and an increase in my potency. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Joe Wilcox of Beta News, who is managing editor. You go to betanews.com. You can see all their commentaries and news and views. We're talking about Windows 8, about the launch cycle, about the pricing. Joe, you had something to say? Yeah, I think there's a couple things going on. One, I agree that Microsoft is responding in part to, to Apple pricing for OS 10, But also, Microsoft is trying to move the market fast to Windows 8. And one way to do that is aggressive aggressive pricing 
out of the gate, and again, not to the home version like the past, but to the pro version, which offers uh, benefits around security and networking that it wants to get to the customers and also to give them an alternative against, you know, OS 10, which has similar capabilities built in. It doesn't, you know, uh, have, a, have a separate tier. It doesn't make you pay more to get them. And Microsoft needs its operating system to be a success for a lot of reasons. The fact that we've got the dramatic change in the user interface, the success of tablets and how they're hurting uh, PC sales. I mean, look at the news. Was it today or yesterday? Newsweek is going to uh, end print publication at the end of the year. They're going to go all digital. Right. That's this is the something trend. About, yeah. yeah, the, the trend that's coming. And, and it's not happening on the desktop. It's on the mobiles. It's smartphones, laptops, tablets. Microsoft needs to really push Windows into that well, a post-PC area, which I, which I actually call the, instead of the cloud-connected device area, I think is a better, better uh, description. But regardless of what you want to call it, we are moving from the old paradigm to a new one, and Microsoft is desperate to maintain the relevance uh, of Windows. Now, the big issue, of course, with Windows A is not that consumers are not going to buy it. I expect there'll be some reasonable rate of consumer adoption. The enterprise, much of which is still using Windows XP, migrating to Windows 7, they're not going to look at something that represents such a sea change because it means retraining employees. It's already a little bit confusing to go from desktop to tiles and back and forth. This is not really going to go very far in the business market. Any success now has to be for consumers. Uh, I agree with that, particularly when you look at what, what's happened in the market the last couple of years. Uh, for the most part, the install base skipped over Vista and stayed on XP. And we've seen kind of a mass migration from XP to uh, Windows 7 over the last three years. But still, the install base, by all the analyst numbers, is XP is greater than Windows 7, which is which is just mind-boggling considering it you know, released, what, 11, 11 years ago. Right. But, now, um, Netcraft and places that do all these online surveys like net applications, they claim right. that supposedly Windows 7 supplanted Windows XP a few months ago. But that's uh, only no, for no, web I, activity over certain surveyed sites. Actually, double-check your data. I wrote a story like a month ago that... Or maybe it did finally happen a month ago. Um, it did happen. I, now, I don't remember it, now. It's a survey, it recently though. happened. Yeah, but when you do Pardon surveys me? like that, Joe, how accurate can it be if all you're checking is the user agent report from a website access? Right, you're going to see a lot of, yeah. I mean, I, it's pretty accurate, but it's not. It's one reason why, uh, if you look at the net applications data for you know tablets or smartphones, for example, you see a, a high usage of, of uh, iOS or uh, iOS uh, compared to the Android, and it has to do. There's a it has to do with that, that phenomenon. The long and short of it being that this kind of survey may be accurate to within a certain degree, and the surveys do vary from place to place. I can tell you this. If Windows 7 install base had passed XP, Microsoft would have said so by now. There would have been some kind of blog post or announcement. Woohoo! we finally did it. It's a point um, of honor. Exactly. Okay. So that alone um, tells us it likely hasn't happened. But even if it has, we're still at a, we're still at a point where many businesses either just recently went to Windows 7 or they're in the process of going there now. That means they're not going to be ready for Windows 8 anytime soon. That said, uh, Windows 8 release cycle was likely to be less anyway because of this circumstance. So if you're going to introduce something that's radical and new, 
that businesses aren't going to adopt right away, a, a release cycle we're expecting uh, less businesses to, to adopt is the time to do it because that gives them a longer time to, to test and prepare and then get ready for it the next time around. What is the tentative date for Windows 9? I mean, Microsoft hasn't said. Um, it's okay. been keeping uh, recently a three-year release cycle. Okay. So we should expect um, sometime in the, uh, you know, the, I guess 2015, thereabouts. Okay. But, now, but who but, can say? Sure. You know, Microsoft, Microsoft may, may actually change the model. They've, they've started to sell the operating system digital download. They've improved the Windows update. They have the Windows Store now built into Windows 8 and Windows RT. It wouldn't surprise me if they just took a more modular approach to update uh, and, uh, and even, even through that ramp, ramp up the release cycle. The reason I say this is, say, for example, the new interface, the interface formerly known as Metro, is not accepted by customers. Does that give Microsoft time to push back and reemphasize the desktop? Well, it's only a problem on Windows RT because on Windows 8 uh, uh, Pro, you have access to both user interfaces. And so uh, anybody can default to the desktop if they want, uh, and they'll probably want to for a lot of applications for uh, the foreseeable future until everything is is uh, supported by the modern UI, what we used to call Metro. So that's not a problem. Windows RT is different. Um, you can only get you can only buy applications through the Windows Store. So we're talking about native apps, and if if the user interface flops or developers don't support it, uh, that's going to be a big problem for that platform. That's the issue for the Surface. If you don't have a lot of apps, first of all, Microsoft's not going to grab people from, say, the other platforms if they want conversions because people are going to look at the apps, not just Office. They're going to look at, well, what else is there? And it's going to be the catch-22 where developers will, except for maybe a core few, developers are not going to work on this new platform until they see there's a user base. And users are not going to adopt the platform unless they see there's a reasonable number of apps. Yes and no. There's another factor to consider, which is um, applications are developed for Windows. Remember, the core is the same. The kernel is the same. The, the, the core inf- infrastructure architecture oper- operating system is the same. If Microsoft provides the tools that makes it uh, easy to, to move those applications over from, from uh, Windows 7, 8, whatever, Pro to, to uh, RT, that they could still come pretty quickly. Uh, so I don't think it matters as much. It isn't like we're starting from a scratch. Like it's, it's a whole new version that shares very little lineage with the existing version. Oh, I, I think there the problem is that uh, people that already have uh, iOS or Android devices will have invested in applications and, and other things that will make them less likely to jump to something else. And a reminder, if you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Out Live, we'd like you to write to us. You can reach us at news at technighthow.com, news at technighthow.com. We're going to jump to more stuff, a couple of more segments with Joe Wilcox of Beta News on the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are... The GCN Radio Network.
If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time. If you like cow's milk, you'll love camel milk. Yes, the newest, oldest thing in the world, camel milk, has sustained civilizations for thousands of years. Here's just one user's testimonial. My lime-stricken boy developed severe allergies to nearly every food he ingested. At first, I was scared to death to try camel milk, but he had no allergic reactions of any kind, nothing. The camel milk was wondrous in healing his GI issues, and it's the one thing I can attribute to his getting out of bed after almost a year spent there, too ill to do anything. Camel milk is loaded with health benefits, are superior to other milk, is rich in B vitamins, and three times higher in vitamin C than cow's milk, ten times higher in iron. Camel milk comes fresh or frozen from your trusted local family farm. Humpback Dairies of Miller, Missouri. To order, call this number, 1-417-848-7570. That's 1-417-848-7570. Call 1-417-848-7570 for camel milk. The best kept health secret ever. What's better than Mountain House freeze-dried food? Buckets of Mountain House freeze-dried food. Now the freeze-dried guy introduces convenient, easy-to-store Mountain House survival buckets filled with our top-selling items. Each item is sealed in a Mylar-type pouch, and each pouch is neatly packed in clear buckets so you can easily see the contents inside. These Mountain House survival buckets come with well over a 25-year shelf life and are perfect for emergency preparedness, camping, backpacking, or at-home use. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on freeze-dried foods, and choose our 12-month, 6-month, 3-month, 1-month, or... Or seven-day Mountain House Survival Bucket with 32 generous servings starting at just $69.95. And all orders to the lower 48 ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran-owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. 
Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. We have Joe Wilcox at Beta News on the Tech Night Owl Live. We're talking about where the Windows 8 and the Surface might go, about applications. Will enough app developers bring out stuff for the Surface RT tablet so that it will attract users? Or maybe just Office will be sufficient to get a big user base. Well, you know, we'll see. Of course, if you're a business and you're technically not allowed to use Office, <laughs> Office Home and Student uh, 2013 RT, I'm not sure where the RT goes in there, but uh, I guess it's Office 2013 Home and Student RT. Maybe that's how it is. But anyway, if you're not allowed to use it technically, there's obviously a barrier. It also assumes, to one extent, businesses snub their nose at Microsoft, say, okay, you don't like it, sue us. And if 100,000 <laughs> businesses do it, what's Microsoft going to do? It's true enough. So it's, the customers are still going to dictate what Microsoft does. Okay, with Windows 8. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I've followed the industry for a number of years, too. With Vista, I saw a pretty good level of anticipation despite all the problems. Windows 7 had more anticipation because it fixed what was bad about Vista. With Windows 8, I see an awful lot of skepticism, and part of it is the schizophrenic nature of the operating system. But this kind of skepticism, is that going to gain traction in a way Microsoft doesn't want? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, until we really start to, to see some hard reviews of you know, Windows 8 Pro systems and also you know, Windows RT uh, tablets, including uh, Surface, it's really hard to, it's really hard to gauge. Um, a lot of people are going to be watching uh, with, with either excitement or trepidation at, at next week's launch or uh, well, whatever, uh, whatever day of the week, October 26th is. Um, so the October 26th launch. And then we're looking at reviews, social media, uh, other kind of, kind of buzz. And, of course, if, if they live near one of those uh, stores, either the Microsoft real stores or those holiday pop-up stores, they'll have a chance to get some touch and feel in there. And, and again, that may have an effect. But in the midst of all this, there's still iPad Mini, which if the thing is 249 or as rumored or 299, will sell for a lot you less. And yes, it's smaller, but it's got a more developed uh, ecosystem. And uh, a lot of people know other people that have iPads, which is a good reason for them to think maybe I should get one too. And so you just can't ignore that, ignore that as an influence here. Well, certainly Microsoft took out a challenge. We're going to have to see what happens. But looking at the fallout, okay, if Windows 8 does well, the Surface does well, Steve Ballmer gets his big bonus. If none of that <laughs> happens, does Steve Ballmer, they suggest, hey, you maybe take an early retirement, you're rich enough already? Um, well, I, you know, I think he's going to be around for a while still. But if the fourth quarter doesn't get a Windows 8 lift, if the PC shipments uh, actual PC sales don't go up. You know, somebody's somebody's head will be called for. Uh, it's, the third quarter was just terrible. Um, it was one of the worst back to school, one of the worst back to school buying seasons in in a decade. Probably not. Probably, I haven't checked the hard numbers yet, but I'd say maybe maybe not since uh, the recession of 2000, 2001 have we seen a back to school uh, season quite like this. 
you know, part of it was Windows 8 launch as, uh, you know, the vendors cleared out their inventory uh, for the launch. Also, they didn't have real exciting designs because they're holding those off for the Windows uh, 8 launch. Uh, meanwhile, there's a lot of exciting things happening with tablets, uh, which, uh, which cost a lot less and, and, and look more interesting. So we'll see. It, but if Windows 8 doesn't pull it, pull it out, doesn't pull it forward, uh, yeah, there's going to be trouble for somebody at, at, um, at Microsoft uh, uh, come January or, in best-case scenario, April. Going to be interesting to see how that turns out. Really interesting to see where that goes. <laughs> oh, well, well for us, watching. it means a lot to report on, right? A lot to report on. Obviously, we're going to look at Windows 8 and how well it does the final release version, fixing some of the ills of the preview version, like with Windows 8 Mail, which I thought was very badly implemented. And even then, I think one of the criticisms of the release version is it doesn't have a unified inbox, a lot of issues there. And we have to see whether customers who aren't using touchscreens, mouse-driven systems, mouse keyboard, how they're going to react to trying to find a hot spot to get from the desktop back to the modern UI and all this other stuff and accessing devices and printing and all the things that are irritating in the new system. I also wonder, just in passing, and I mentioned this to our previous guest, Rob Peguerero, and that is, why do you call the control panel settings charms? It sounds like a candy. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I guess they're, I mean, Microsoft is trying to, uh, to make these things a bit more uh, palatable, you know, less geeky. But, yeah, you know, charms is, is a long way from what Apple does. I mean, Apple, Apple is really smart to give kind of cool brand names to different aspects of its operating system. It allows those features to stand out. People remember them better. And I, I think Charms is a, is a step along that direction, uh, but I don't think it, it goes anywhere you know, far enough. Uh, Apple, Apple really sets the standard that, that way, and, and really nobody comes close. I just don't see it at all. Looking at the interface doesn't go for me. Now, I understand also, if you're somebody new to personal computing and you haven't, you know, grown up with Mac and Windows and you get a Windows 8 machine and you're just concentrating on the modern UI, it might be perfectly respectable. I think the more you know about computers, the more you're entrenched in personal computers, as I say, Mac and Windows, the less you're going to favor it. But I don't agree with that okay. because of iPad. Because of iPad, um, you could have made the same argument. Some people did, even I did at one point uh, about iPad before it was released. You know that it, it was different, it will, uh, or it was too similar to uh, to, an, to an iPod or a smartphone, just bigger. So, um, you know, people had to change their behavior. Uh, yes, to, they had to change, to, but it was more intuitive. It is more intuitive well, than Windows Eight. Yeah, but can you say that if you haven't used it? How can you say that it's not, you know, more intuitive? The fact that it's different is going to uh, draw the attention of, of some people. I've used it, of course. I've been working uh, with the preview. I've been using the preview for a while, Joe, so my observations are based on that. I understand the release version has some minor differences, but the fundamentals right. are there, and I'm used to those fundamentals, and I've spent a fair amount of time, hours at a time, well, trying to see what I could do with it. I mean, I don't. Okay, that's good. I'm really, I'm, I'm glad about that. I mean, 
I've used it too, and I agree that there there's going to be some confusion for some people. Uh, I think that the biggest benefit is on a touchscreen. I think you're you're uh, there is more hardship for the uh, the mouse and keyboard users, which means uh, really the people that are using the legacy applications. I think it was a bad idea to get rid of the start menu for them. I think Microsoft should have kept that for for them. You know, start screen. Um, I understand that whole approach for the touch for the for the modern UI, but you know why take it away from the other folks that are are used to it. I think the ribbon uh, for people that aren't used to Office is going to some uh, cause some confusion, and I don't like um, the desktop uh, UI as much on a, on a touch screen. And the ribbon is is one of the one of the reasons. I'm not sure how you feel about that. I see no reason for the ribbon. I like the traditional menu bar. I think having a toolbar, a colorful toolbar is nothing unique. They can call it a ribbon. It's a toolbar. It's a context-sensitive toolbar. Right. You know, might as well go back to WordPerfect for the Mac in 1992. <laughs> reveal codes. Give me my reveal codes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Got to have my reveal codes. If you don't have my reveal codes, well, we don't want to get back into WordPerfect. But someone once did a satire where they took a toolbar and made it so big with so many icons and so many functions that you had no room for the text area. <laughs> it was all toolbar, all toolbars all the time. It was just interesting. We have Joe Wilcox. He's managing editor for Beta News at betanews.com, and he's here for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hey, neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out as seenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SCENE1, S-E-E-N number one, SCENE1. Go to asseenontv.com to order. Save 10%. Purchase this summer's hottest As Seen on TV items. Save 10%. Or call 1-866-277-3366. 1-866-277-3366. The code Scene one to save 10%. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. 
Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. Who wants to be disease-free, full of energy, and vibrant health? Two reasons you may feel constantly tired and run down could be that your body's acid level is high and your pH level is low. How does acid enter your body? A cup of coffee, a sandwich, tap water, stress, and cell phones. Plus, your own body produces acid on a regular basis. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize the water you drink and raise your pH level. They promote more oxygen in your system, higher energy potential, and many other documented health benefits. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops is the least expensive and the best pH level product you can buy. Order AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for just $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, spelled A-L-K-A, Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615. That's 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health with pH Drops from AlkaVision.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Joe Wilcox of Beta News. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl live. And it's interesting here, rather than talk to us via Skype connection, he's been using a regular mobile phone. That sounds pretty decent. But you've been working there with one of those Chromebooks using the Chrome OS. Yeah, no, no Skype in the browser. Now, if you want to do Google Talk, do Google Talk or a Google, Google Hangout would be, would be uh, in good business. Okay, so last year I didn't see the love for the Chromebooks. This is using a web-based operating system. It's like you buy a computer, you turn it on, it's all browser all the time. Yeah, although, they've, uh, although Google's made a lot of changes over the last year and it has more desktop elements than it used to have, although you still work in the browser. Your actual management and navigation around certain aspects of the operating system are, are more desktop-like. Uh, in terms of Chromebook, there are uh, basically two main, I guess, two main models available. Um, there's the Samsung uh, Series 5550, which was launched in May. There's uh, one with Wi-Fi and then one uh, only, and then one that also has 3G. There, so for 449 and 549, a lot of people um, think it's a bit pricey for uh, a cloud uh, a cloud computer. Uh, I find the performance to be excellent, and I migrated uh, from a MacBook Air before that, and uh, it didn't feel any any kind of um, you know loss of anything. However, uh, this week uh, Google and Samsung announced a new model that costs even less. Uh, that's 249. It's an 11.6-inch screen. Basically, the dimensions are very, 
very similar. The look and the feel is very, very similar uh, to uh, MacBook Air, except it's plastic instead of metal. I've only had it for one day. Uh, definitely, I'd say the performance is not as good as the other model, uh, but it's also running an ARM processor rather than the Intel x86. And generally, uh, I'm impressed with the ergonomics, and I'd like to see it. again. Would like to see more performance. But Google has done a ma- is now in the process of a massive marketing push to bring Chromebook to the masses based on this $249 uh, selling uh, selling price. And uh, their tagline is for everyone. And I guess we'll see if it's really for everyone. But uh, I got to tell you, for the price, it's a great second little computer for the kids for your, you know, carry around uh, um, for school, for, for a lot of different scenarios. But we don't think it's going to be like a Google Nexus Q, which went to zero. No, not at all. I mean, uh, Google is very committed to, uh, to Chrome OS, and that's really clear uh, on this uh, new Chromebook, which um, has um, Chrome OS 23, mine only, uh, my my uh, more expensive one uh, or larger one only has uh, t- Chrome OS 21 and much more polished. Uh, there's a uh, get started application that just basically gives you a very nice introduction to using cloud-based apps and, and what you can do. And it's a nice little experience. I think it's all a question of whether performance is going to be enough for everybody. But in terms of the actual experience of using the laptop, and uh, the integration of the OS and the cloud and services, it, it's really surprisingly good. But the app <laughs> ecosystem is Google Apps. Uh, no, the, uh, the app ecosystem, remember, uh, Google launched the, uh, the uh, Chrome Web Store a few years ago. There are lots of apps that you run in the browser. Uh, in fact, if you don't believe me, go take a look at just how many different apps there are available. I do all my photo editing. Uh, using a web app, I mean, heavy lifting photo editing, and it's just as fast in the browser, uh, in fact, in many ways faster in the browser than uh, the desktop application. So on the desktop, you've got all the code that's got to load and all the bloat and the, and the uh, heavy lifting that the processor has to do. In the, in the browser, all the heavy lifting is being done on the server, uh, and uh, it's just you know, uh, being served up to your browser, I guess, is a simple way to, to put it. All right. So the question is here, will there be customer uptake for the Chromebooks, or will it just disappear? So here's my prediction. Um, I think this uh, 249 price and the package that uh, Google has put around it is super compelling. If it doesn't succeed, that's the end. In other words... This is the point where this product should take off in homes, small businesses, education. Uh, if Google can't make that happen, I don't think that there's a future for, for, for Chrome OS. How big is the screen on this? Uh, it's like the uh, MacBook Air. It's 11.6 inches. Okay. So uh, the it's other based, model, but we're talking about the $249 version? Yeah. 11 inches. It's got to be a pretty cheap screen, though, for that price. Uh, no, it's very nice. It's a... Uh, uh, Samsung uses a matte screen that's got, uh, which has got surprisingly uh, sharp colors. However, uh, it's not as bright as it should be. It's only 200 nits, uh, which I think is way too, personally, I don't find to be bright enough. Um, I wouldn't say it's too dark, but I'm used to a brighter screen and would prefer something, something more. 
before we, before we close, I want to point out um, there's always a possibility that Google could do something dramatically different here. This new model is, as I said, is ARM-based, like the smartphones. So why couldn't there down the road be a merger between Chrome OS or Android? Google definitely has set, uh, has set that as a possible future by bringing Chrome OS to ARM as well as x86. So somehow you could sell one of these devices and it's not running Chrome, it's running Android, or you combine the two? I need to understand. Well, I think, I think that's, well, the point is, is that, you know, when you have, if you have Android that runs on ARM and you have Chrome OS that runs on x86, you have incompatible architectures in a lot of ways. But when they're both running on the same processor, then, you know, you, you, open, up a, you open up a potential uh, new path, either Android running on a laptop like this with a keyboard, or in the future, you know, Chrome OS and Android you know, merging more together. Now, again, I don't know if that would happen or not. I'm just saying just the fact that just the, uh, the change in the architecture opens that as a possibility. At this point, Google seems committed enough to Chrome OS. But, again, that's, a, that's one possible answer to your what if it doesn't succeed question. Well, obviously, I'm not going to make predictions on something like that, to see where it goes, whether people will look at that as something they want to get, or when they're spending $249, they get a tablet in whatever size screen, and that's what they're used I mean, do you to. think that's a, a good price for uh, for an 11.6-inch uh, laptop? It's an amazing price. I have to use it to get a sense of the look and feel and see what I think. Right. Obviously, I'm used to 11-inch for something like on a PC notebook is going to be, what, four or $500, a MacBook Air is $999. So obviously it's a lot cheaper, but you're talking about a very slimmed-down operating system. You're talking about a very different way of doing well, things. It's not a slimmed-down operating system. You know, it's, it's basically it's Chrome, Chrome, uh, Chrome browser running top of Linux. It's a very robust operating system. Well, I think it wasn't robust. It's, it's basically huh? emphasizes the browser experience. You're living and dying in that browser. And you have different apps and different ways of doing things, but you're living and dying in the browser. We have to see where that takes things. By the way, very briefly, because we only have about a minute left for you here, Google's financials don't look as good as they used to be. What's going on there? Uh, it's a dragon Motorola. Uh, the, uh, the division just didn't do as well as uh, analysts had, uh, had hoped. Uh, and so I think we're going to see we're going to see some continued drag on that for a while until Google gets all the kinks of the acquisition and the integration out uh, and, and begins to, to, to turn turn that into into a money machine. Well, the question would be here: if Motorola Mobility couldn't succeed on its own, will and this is a question we can't answer. Will Google be able to do any better? Joe Wilcox, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Uh, betanews.com uh, for everything or betanews.com. Okay, betanews.com. You can find us in many places. For example, on Twitter, we are Tech Night Owl. We are Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can find our site, our portal for everything we do at technightowl.com. That's technightowl.com. We have forums there. We have the links to the radio show and all that stuff. And we also have that other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. The Powercast, featuring this week a discussion about Wolfmen. It's a howling good show, forgive the pun. At Powercast.com, that's Powercast.com. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, thanks to Joe Wilcox for joining us on the show this week. Thank you very much. 
The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.